welcome back to Entertainment Talk. Today I'm here to do another video game review. This one is finally going to be for Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time I've got the pleasure of uh, reviewing this video game, which should tell you a little bit of how I feel about this game particularly itself. I have been tweeting about it and talking about it on our Gaming Talk podcast and on Geek Town and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, let's just go straight into to ratings and how I feel about the game and everything like that. I'm going to give this a must-play rating. I'm going to give this a 10 out of 10. I think this is a fantastic video game. And one thing I've kind of been talking about and one thing that I've put in the title for this is love and respect. Because that's that's the message that I'm getting from Toys for Bob and kind of from Activision as well. Um, although Activision have got some... You know, questions over them at certain points, but certainly for toy from Toys for Bob's um, stance on their their development of this game, um, love and respect is certainly the message I'm receiving from them. Because, as I've kind of said recently as well, there's one thing when you go and simply make a very good video game or an excellent video game or something even better than that, but there's just something else to where. Recently with certain other video games as well, Last of Us 2 is obviously an example for me personally. Uh, I know some people didn't like it, but I, I did very much of course, and um, we're all entitled to our opinions at the end of the day. Um, there's just I've just kind of noticed certainly uh, recently with certain video games to where sometimes you can just tell, without the developers even really saying anything, when there's little extra touches of care and animation and respect put into a video game sometimes you can just kind of see it and you don't need a developer to kind of shout it from the rooftop so to speak and that's very much what I feel about this game I do very much feel that Toys for Bob um, care about us as an audience they care about uh, this property certainly and one of the main reasons I'm kind of saying about this up front, and this is going to be a spoiler-free section at the start, I will actually be doing a spoiler section for Crash Bandicoot 4, but that will be later on, and I'll give you a warning, so uh, don't worry about that. Because uh, there's there's a lot of emphasis, there's a lot of effort put into this story, and it's it's worth talking about on its own without ruining things. So that there'll be a spoiler section later on. Um, there's a, a number of callbacks in in lots of different ways which I think is a good way to do it to the original three games the beloved original trilogy from the 90s on the PlayStation 1 of course uh, right for just right from the start um you know there's there's certain things put into the level at the start I don't even really want to spoil that necessarily because there's certain easter eggs and other things and then I know there are only easter eggs and those sorts of things but I really just, if you've been wanting to play this game for some time, you haven't been able to yet for different possible reasons, and you're listening to this spoiler-free section of the podcast, um, I still don't want to ruin those those things for you, even little Easter eggs and callbacks. Um, I'll give some. I'll give some kind of examples of what they are. There's things like uh, character callbacks to to the first games. There's certainly musical. Um, like with the music and stuff, callbacks to the original games, there's certain remixed music in the game, which my my brain just kind of caught immediately with, with certain pieces of music. And um, I think even when I did the Let's Play the other day, or one of the live streams I did, or a Let's Play Sunday episode or something like that, and I revisited that first level, because I'm obviously going back to the start of the game to uh, collect certain things. And I remember kind of pointing out in the live stream of like, okay, there's this, 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 and this. These are all these little callbacks and these strikes to the first games. You don't have to do any of that, 
But it's that, it's that extra level of care and attention and giving a damn, I suppose, of, yeah, just sort of doing that. And there's a way that you can do that that's a lot worse, which is where you treat something like a cash grab or you're just you're just sort of selling a product based off its name. I think you all know which game I'm talking, I'm thinking about at the moment, the Avengers game, obviously. Um, but... I feel like Toys for Bob looked at what the original trilogy did and what um, Vicarious Visions did with the, with the remaster of the original trilogy. Let's not forget Vicarious Visions in this because let's be honest, if if the Insane trilogy doesn't work well critically and sales-wise, this game doesn't happen. So I'm giving certainly a lot of credit to uh, to Vicarious Visions as well and to, and to Beanox for uh, creating the remaster and the other part of the game for uh, the the um, Crash Team Racing game. All, all, all three of them deserve a very big thank you for uh, what has ended up happening to the Crash Bandicoot franchise and what this, ultimately how Crash Bandicoot 4 ended up, which is something that I think is, is pretty incredible. But yeah, certain musical callbacks and remixed music... But it feels... Because you can do that and sort of treat it like a dirty cash grab. And sort of just sell it off the name. This feels like... Okay, we're going to kind of borrow the ideas from the original games. We're going to put our own spin on things. And kind of go from there. Because one other thing that I've said before in the past as well. This is a perfect... This this game isn't perfect. Because nothing in the industry is. But this is a perfect example. I can't think of how this this could have been done better. In terms of taking the core and the soul and the idea of those 90s original trilogy games. Pulling that idea forward into modern day. Putting modern and new ideas into it that fit just perfectly well into this world. And stitching those two things together i cannot think of a combination of those two things in, in for for this game for crash bandicoot 4 that works better than what it does and that was potentially quite a really big probably quite a really big challenge for uh for toys for bob i imagine when they're sitting in the room pitching different ideas of things like different masks and different boxes and this whole dimensional story of what they're doing it could have gone terribly wrong. It, it very much could have. But just that example specifically of taking something that's a model of a game that's kind of 20 years old. Because um, some people look at have looked at the Insane Trilogy and said, like, okay, this is really good of what they did here. But the ideas here are a little bit outdated as compared to some newer platformer games. I can sort of agree with some of that. But again, I feel like a lot of those, potentially those issues, I don't really think they're issues per se, but if they are... I feel like those are a lot... Th- th- those have certainly been modernised with the ideas here. You've got boxes that go on fire. You've got the... Um, what's the other crates that you've got? Um, the the big sort of smashable ones, obviously. You've got the, the normal crates that still return. All of these of which get mixed in with uh, the, you know, the, the original crates. Like the normal box crates and then the nitro carts and the TNT crates and everything else like that. Um, and then you've got things like the the timed boxes, which tie in with the mask, the the, the slow down time mask as well, uh, the mask as well, because of course you originally just had um, Aku Aku, um, and he made you you know invincible and that sort of thing, and that was all very cool though. That's still back and everything. That's that's really really good. Uh, but then you've got the you've got the infinite spin 
mask you've got because uh, you can you can pretty much you won't be able to do it for the whole level because you'll die at some point if you do <laughs> but um yeah the, the idea the idea of kind of taking the tornado spin from crash bandicoot 3 and turning it into a mask but putting it into areas that only fit for it so you can't just like constantly use it in any level that was that's one of the the differences i guess the one of the cool differences with the ideas here is if you take what crash bandicoot 3 did with like the bazooka um wampa fruit bazooka thing you've got the uh running ability which you can't run in this game but you sort of the levels are changed to where you don't kind of need to um, but then you put things like the slow down time mask with the new boxes you mix that with the old boxes that works just perfectly and then you've got things like um oh, what was it the gravity mask which well, it is kind of trippy at some points but it's all part of the challenge that's mixed in with new levels and the new boxes and new new kind of enemies and that sort of thing uh what's the what's the other one you've got the, right so slow down time infinite spin you've got gravity and then you've got like phase in and phase out kind of things like you can phase out different platforms and different boxes that brings its own sort of level of challenge as well um i just felt like it was it was done perfectly now one of the other points that i do want to get to with this um in regards to uh kind of th these new masks and boxes and how they kind of fit in with the difficulty of the game there is one particular level in this game and it is towards the end obviously because the you know the game gets harder as you go through it obviously um and that level at the end of this game is probably more difficult than anything in Crash Bandicoot 1. And that is really, like, more difficult than, um, is it called Stormy Ascent? The game, that the, the level that they decided to remove at first. Um, and then they, they sort of put back in as, uh, I think it was free, free DLC, wasn't it, for the Insane Trilogy. There is a level in this game that is probably more difficult than anything in Crash Bandicoot 1. I can't think of any levels in Crash Bandicoot 1 that are more difficult than one of the levels at the end of this game but this game encourages you to try to think outside the box a little bit it tries to encourage you to get better sort of timing of your, your of your reactions which i know are, are diff more difficult for for certain people you know we haven't all got the same reaction speed and, and whatever but i don't know this game's kind of this game is kind of designed to where you've got a learning curve in front of you to where okay you these are all fresh new levels we don't know what's in front of us uh like when, when we're going to need to jump next or spin next or what enemy we need to spin do we need to slide jump and all that and you've got to kind of figure that out and this game is kind of designed to be played through multiple times which just kind of adds to the replay value because uh, there is an insane amount of stuff to to collect here as well which is again just kind of more value for your money a, li a little bit overwhelming at the moment if i'm being honest because you know i haven't collected everything um but then the, this game is also kind of designed to where okay if this game does kind of get a little bit too difficult for you or for for, for a particular person which i'd understand definitely if it did because this game is really difficult at certain points uh you can just simply go through the level enjoy the cutscenes and um you, you'll still probably have quite a good time because that, that's kind of what i ended up doing in the second half of this game is uh okay, okay i'm gonna go for the boxes that i can get but if something's like crazy out of my reach and i can get to it obviously but i'm gonna i'm gonna do that in my second run through kind of thing uh and then i can kind of just enjoy the cutscenes. speaking of the cutscenes, absolutely fantastic now how do I kind of make the, make what I'm going to say make sense? I've recently said in the last couple of months that 
uh, I would always go for characters and story over graphics. Now I'm going to use the term animation here because this game is obviously animated. Um, the animations for the characters, I'm not talking about the visual aspect, like how good they look. I'm talking about the design of the characters, the movement of them in the cutscenes, how their voice acted, how all of that kind of stitches together really well. I smiled through almost every single cutscene. There's some really good callbacks to the original games. Again, and again, not done in a cash grab sort of sense. More done in a sort of, hey, the the audience will kind of love this. This little nice callback. And me as the audience member did particularly really, really enjoy that. And felt the, again, the love and respect of that. Um, these are easily some of the best, if not the best, cutscenes that Crash Bandicoot has ever had. Um, you know, m m mostly thanks to, you know, animation in 2020 is obviously a lot better than what it was in the 90s uh, not saying the old games look particularly bad or whatever but uh you certainly got a new a new level of uh, of animation here um and one of the things that's kind of most fun about these particular cutscenes is crash bandicoot our main character he is the name on on, on the game he is crash bandicoot and the game is called that still very much um he's the only character here that doesn't talk I'm pretty sure because even the new masks and that talk and, and that sort of stuff. Um, Dingo Dial's in this game and other, other other characters are in this game as well. Just seeing... It, it It's really quite telling when you can look at what they've done with Crash. Specifically in this game as a character. And sure he doesn't give any lines of dialogue. But his physical reactions, his facial reactions certainly to some things. Uh, or to everything in the game is just a complete delight to watch and again i just felt the love and respect of okay we know crash can't talk or or doesn't talk or whatever he makes you know noises when he falls down stuff like whoa and and, and whatever else uh, of course he's got to have a, li a little bit of personality in there but he doesn't talk and you can get away with that in in this and you can just use yeah just just the character's kind of body language and, and facial expressions of which they do an incredible job with here and uh, I was just yeah I could I, I immediately as soon as I kind of saw the first couple of cutscenes in this game I was like okay you can just turn that into a 22 episode not necessarily Netflix series but a, a 20 not 22 episode sorry a 22 minutes uh, or 30 minute sort of short little TV series and that, that would work perfectly it, it would be like a Saturday morning cartoon sort, sort of feel in, in, in a way um, and it would be a lot better than what they did in Skylanders. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I still can't believe that that happened in Skylanders. For, for, for those of you that aren't aware, there's a Skylanders Netflix show. And they put Crash and Coco, and well, Spyro is one of the lead characters in there anyway. And they put Crash and Coco, I think it was in about two episodes. One episode for each season or something like that. And, yeah, that that doesn't do them any justice at all really and uh if you look at what they're doing here in the cutscenes it's already better than what they've done in the in the skylanders game um i'm sure the gameplay of the the actual skylanders games themselves are, are great but the skylanders uh sorry not the games the tv show is what i'm talking about they did put um crash into the game as well i haven't played that particularly but uh yeah they've got the skylanders netflix show and uh that didn't work particularly well so um, but overall, I'm thoroughly, thoroughly happy with this game. Um, and w w one other thing I kind of forgot to talk about in terms of gameplay. You can do uh, wall running in this game in certain sections. You can do rail grinding. You'll need to sort of 
hang off the, the line as well uh, to get boxes that are below you and swing left and right and jump left and right as well and just just uh, yeah just the combination of what these games were with new ideas you know new boxes new masks rail grinding um all running is just completely perfect and there's not a sing there's not a single thought in my mind as to how they could have done that better because i don't think that they could have and uh just it's just fantastic sure it's certainly very very difficult at certain points it's meant to be it's not meant to be a walk in the park um but yeah it's just it's just brilliant i'm i'm just thoroughly thoroughly happy with it and uh i'm guessing we're going to get a crash bandicoot 5 at some point um i did hear in the i think it's the 106% complete um percentage thing you you get like an alternative ending i haven't actually seen the ending yet that's not part of the finishing the main game so i didn't kind of include it here maybe i'll talk about it like later at some point um but i have heard that that ending particularly alludes to a next crash bandicoot game which i think we're probably going to get i do think that activision is probably looking at both spyro and crash at the moment and probably tony hawk as well and thinking like okay we've arrived these games we did the remasters crash has got a new game spyro is probably going to have a new game um because why would you remaster them have those be a success and then just not do anything else with them um you've got you've got a successful property back on your hands as well so um yeah i'm just i'm i'm in love with what they've done here and uh thoroughly thoroughly happy with it so yeah really good stuff 10 out of 10 for me a must play game i think and uh even if i mean so what would i say to those who i suppose want one other point for me to get to one um if you're somebody who didn't play the original trilogy, don't really have the nostalgic sort of attachment, or maybe you played the insane trilogy, but you still don't really have the sort of nostalgic attachment, I still think you should play this game, because I still think it's very, very, very good, and because of, like I said, the perfect combination of old and new ideas coming together is perfect in this game. Um, you won't quite get as much of the nostalgic little callbacks and Easter eggs and whatnot, so you will kind of miss that a little bit. But I certainly still think, just regardless of, you know, um, I still just think that the new story that they're trying here with the dimensional stuff and uh, just the the ideas of the gameplay here, I think that that's more than enough to say, yeah, I'd still very much recommend uh, this game to you. You are going to miss a little bit of the nostalgic callbacks and stuff, but I still very much do think... Uh, this game is going to be going to be certainly worth it for you, and we're probably going to get Crash Bandicoot Five. Um, I do wonder as well because we did have the um, was it on the Game Boy or something? We did have the crossover game. Was it Crash Yellow and Purple? Or I I can't remember the name of honestly. I've I've, I've only seen um, Kadikarus on uh, Kadikarus, sorry on uh, YouTube who's a popular crash bandicoot uh player in that um he's he's done a few videos on those games and those that's pretty much all i've seen of them um i do think at some point it makes sense to do a spyro and crash crossover game i'm not telling you that that's been announced that's just my sort of prediction i do think that you'll see that at some point because i think i predicted either earlier this year or some point last year i think you'll see a rotation now of okay crash before this year i think you'll see a sparrow game next year the year after, I'm not too sure what you might see. I don't know if you'll definitely see... Maybe they'll have like a, a year off or something as well. I do think eventually Activision will try to have... One Crash Bandicoot or Sparrow thing every year. Because they've, they've kind of done that already, haven't they? In a, in a way, because you had the remastered trilogy for Crash. Then you had the remastered trilogy 
for uh, Spyro. Then you had obviously the remaster, the the trilogy for um, sorry, the remaster of the Crash Team Racing game. Then you had Crash Bandicoot Four. So they're kind of already on that train, but they're only gonna really do new stuff now, I guess. So um, yeah, I think that's the direction that they're gonna they're gonna go in, and they're gonna do one of each thing um, once a year. I also think they're probably gonna do uh, another Tony Hawk game. I imagine, but Activision's very much in this sort of revival stage, and uh, they've done a very good job of it so far. And again, credit to the developers, Vicarious Visions, Beanox, and uh, Toys for Bob as well. So, uh, this spoiler-free section was a lot longer than I thought it was going to be, but uh, I got all my, my thoughts out there pretty much. Gameplay's fantastic, characters are fantastic, new ideas here are fantastic, the story's brilliant. Um, difficulty spikes a bit challenging and a bit no- annoying, but... Hey, if you've played Crash Bandicoot before, you know what you're in for, <laughs> certainly. Um, but uh, no, still absolutely love what they've done here. And uh, as somebody who grew up not always playing the Crash Bandicoot games, but watching them be played by my family or playing them, uh, I'm glad that we're back in a good space with uh, Crash Bandicoot. Because at one point we very much weren't because... I know some people like Wrath of Cortex, and I know some people like Twin Sanity. I think that all of the games, apart from the other four or five games now uh so the original games the, the crash team racing and crash bandicoot 4 i think all of the other games are really bad um now i do think the twin sanity and wrath of cortex had better ideas than things like crash of the titans but they're, they're just not really up to the standard of what crash bandicoot can do so uh, anyway that's my quick thoughts on on those games i suppose uh, but we still have a spoiler section to get to anyway um so i'll see you for that in a second Hey there, I'm Aaron Holman, host of Eye to Eye, a weekly podcast talk show all about passion. I have this passion and this fire within me that burns brighter than the fire around me. Hello. With performing, there's always a story to tell, whether it's my own or not. Creativity. I go, he's more than cute, he's creative. All with an LGBT twist. Make sure to check out Eye to Eye, that's E-Y-E, number two, letter I. And rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in today. I'm Chrissy. And I'm Jackie. And we are Killer Fun. We explore the intersection of crime and entertainment every other week. For as long as people have been communicating, they have been talking about who did what to whom, and is that socially acceptable? Because the boundaries of society, crime, and entertainment have always gone hand in hand. The more salacious, weird, the better. From books and movies, to television shows and games, we look at how life and art imitate and inform one another. And we can't get together and not laugh. So let's face it. There's going to be laughing. (laughs) Killer Fun is available anywhere you listen to podcasts. So join us. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Gualu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use, which is in the bottom right hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Gualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk, sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon, there's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the the past. 
and get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also become a patron at the $3 level tier that gets you access to ad-free podcasts and allows you to redeem a review of a TV show or a film of entirely your choice. That's one per month for either a TV show or a film review, which is at the $3 level tier. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Alright, I'm going to uh, leave housekeeping out of this one, although we do have um, you know, Walking Dead stuff that we're doing. I just did my Star Trek podcast that should be up later today, Gaming Talk episodes... Uh, and a bunch of other stuff, TV, video games, films, and sports. May not beat PSG, may not beat Newcastle as well, so there's podcasts for those. So just check all that out as well on entertainmenttalk.org. Alright, so I'm going to go into the spoiler section for Crash Bandicoot 4. Don't think that this isn't going to be nothing. There's there's some in- very interesting stuff in here, and... Um, yeah, I I would I certainly still just wouldn't, wouldn't want to ruin any of this for you. So if you haven't played Crash Bandicoot 4... And you still don't think that there's much in the way of spoilers. I just don't want to ruin things for you. So if you haven't played Crash Bandicoot 4, please do leave now. Go and play the game. Uh, go and enjoy the game. Frustratingly sometimes. But go and enjoy it. Come back and then listen to the rest of this. In the meantime, you can check out everything else that we're doing on entertainmenttalk.org. If you're listening on the podcast platform, or podcast player, sorry, go into that. Press pause. Play the game. Come back. Check out other stuff in the meantime that we've done. If you're listening on the website, you can either press back or click on the homepage to switch off the podcast. So I'm going to go into spoilers now. Um, Alright, so I want to go back to the to the start, pretty much. Uh, you got the Spyro thing at the start of this game. I thought that was a really nice callback. You've got... Um, so I'm talking about the I'm talking about the Easter eggs at the very start of this game. You've got the little music player that does play... I think one of the main one of the main tune theme tunes for one of the three games, and then it plays the um, warp room music for the third game. Notice those straight away. There was one other song in there that it plays, and I couldn't I couldn't pick up where that was from, but I recognise a couple of them anyway. There's the TV that you can turn on, and you can if you basically spin it. I think if you slam on it or jump on it as well, it might work. But I only tried spinning it. I think uh, if you spin the the TV. It gives you it gives you the exact logos of uh, Crash. You switch between them each time you spin. So Crash Bandicoot one, two, and three all with their you know names attached as well. Uh, and then the fourth one is on there as well. Crash Bandicoot four. It's about time. Um, of course, the, this game as well. Um, yeah, just a just a again a really nice acknowledgement of the past, but not taking the piss. You know what I mean? So uh, I thought that was really nice as well. And just just really nice little touches. They didn't need to have either of those things in there, but it's just nice touches and nice again love and respect towards towards the franchise. I thought thought that was great, um, and I did kind of notice as well. If you look at how the logos are displayed in the main menu of the Insane Trilogy, so like the actual backgrounds, I'm pretty sure that's the same backgrounds that are used on those pictures on the little TV thing. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, there's a fridge on the right hand side, and the letters are a bit scrambled all over the place, but it does spell out Crunch. Not, not the best of callbacks, you know, I think we can forget Crunch a little bit. Not a terrible character, but just not in a very good video game. He was in um, Wrath of Cortex, wasn't he? He was the sort of next failed uh, experiment from uh, Cortex. So that was that, that was a, still an interesting little callback. Not one that I appreciated, I guess, as much, because I didn't really enjoy that game particularly. But again, just kind of giving little callbacks to the uh, to the old games. 
so that was good uh yeah the spyro floater thing uh i thought that was pretty good so that's just the stuff at the start um you have a little bit of remixed music when you go in at the start as well uh, i thought that was really nice and then you kind of you kind of almost have not shot for shot but you kind of have um almost like part of part of the first game because you've got the crabs in there that's a very notable thing from the first level of crash bandicoot one you've got the um water behind you from the beach as well that's a nice little callback to the start because that's where crash bandicoot wakes up uh in the first game and then the the waves are kind of coming in and out uh, and there's a couple of boxes there obviously and then you have the um circle roller things like the little not boulders but the little circle things that go left and right you have to jump past those thought that was a really nice callback those stairs are pretty much almost the same as the stairs on insanity beach um it is supposed to be insanity beach i think as well um but still it's pretty much almost modeled shot for shot with the the little circle things that go back and forward uh, or left and right rather uh, i thought that was a really nice callback so just just a couple of little examples i know those aren't really spoilers but i did want to leave those out of the spoiler free section because I just want people to go in there fresh in the first level and kind of just experience all those nice little callbacks for themselves. Because um, I, I, I wouldn't have wanted that really ruined for me necessarily. I know it's not a spoiler necessarily, but it's just a nice little callback to not be ruined, I think. So that's uh, that was really good. So I, I, I enjoyed experiencing that. Again, I just felt the, just the love and respect from uh from the devs there because it could have just been a plain you know just just go forward no music or or something i don't know but uh that was really nice so that was good uh let's get into the actual story itself there is other, there is other musical sort of callbacks like little remixed music here and there but uh nothing quite the same as what they do in the first um opening level for this game again i just i just loved it so that was great uh doing with a uh, uh dimensional sort of doctor strange type of stuff in it i thought it was great uh we meet the alternate dimension version of uh, tana or tawana uh i thought she was really good nice and kind of different from uh, the original tawana that we have so that was really good um and yeah she kind of does she makes it pretty clear by the end of the game as well that the crash and coco in her dimension are dead um which is a little bit dark and I really again going back to the cutscenes really do love just the comedic reactions from uh, Crash and and, uh, and Coco. I must said Spyro for some reason. Uh, Crash and Coco and, and just that scene alone you've got Tawana kind of explaining her dimension. Coco explaining hers and then Crash is just trying to work out what's going on. I thought that was great. Uh, just just love Crash's reactions in uh, in different scenes. Facial animations are fantastic and yeah, just brilliant. Um, we got the female version of Entropy now in the subtitles because I had subtitles switched on for some reason. Excuse that noise. Um, it just said Entropy F, so just female Entropy. I'm fine with that. I guess they're both Entropy, but they're uh, or Entropy. Sorry. Um, uh, so you got the male and the female version. That's basically what they are. Um, yeah, the re- oh god, <laughs> the reaction of everybody when they start doing that sexy growl at each other, and uh, nitrous oxide is there really awkwardly, and he's like not sure what to do, and they've got this evil plan, and they kind of get caught up in the mon- in the moment with each other. I thought that was fantastic, and then you just see everybody else's reaction. I think everybody was there, weren't they? Dingo Dial, Tawana, Crash, Coco, um, Cortex. The, some of the masks were there as well. I thought that was really good. And everyone is talking. 
about what's going on or giving some sort of vocal reaction. And again, Crash is just standing there with a confused face. I thought it was brilliant. That that's that's what that's who Crash Bandicoot is. You know, that's that's I've spoken a lot. It seems a bit stupid at this point. I've I've spoken a lot about that character's the soul of that character, like the the who and what that character is. That's what that character is, and uh, thought it was great. Thought it was fantastic. So um, yeah, that was really good. Um, what's the other stuff from the spoiler section? Yeah, Cortex kind of temporarily giving up, um, giving Crash Bandicoot a hug. Who thought that we'd see that? And he's just kind of fed up, and Entropy has been um, scheming behind his back. And then you have, because uh, you've got two boss fights with him, haven't you? You've got the, I was going to say slightly easier one at the start, but it's not really slightly easier. And then he uh, kind of befriends Crash in the end. That was... Uh, that that was kind of interesting and kind of cool. And then of course you've got. Uh, he decides for himself. I think it's after Entropy. Both Entropies are uh, defeated. That he's going to take the mask. One, one of the masks at least from himself. For himself. And then you've got the other boss fight against him. Yeah kind of interesting. You know C- uh, Cortex not fully giving up on the idea. He's just kind of fed up for the moment I suppose. And then kind of schemes his way back. Later to being a, to being a villain. And then gets sent into one of the other dimensions so um yeah overall a really good story a lot of effort and emphasis sort of put into it um i thought that was really uh quite good so i think probably for the next game what they'll do is although entropy and um cortex have been sent into different dimensions they'll probably still find their way back and then you'll just have them against crash again i think now it might be kind of interesting and kind of cool um I mean, it sounds a little bit repetitive to do that, but I I would ask you this. Crash Bandicoot's been doing that, let's say, mainly for four games. How many times has... I'm just giving this as an example in case people are a bit fed up of like, oh, Cortex is back, he's fighting Crash again. How many times has Bowser kidnapped Princess Peach over decades and several games quite a few times and no one's ever really complained about sort of getting bored or fed up of that 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 is what that series is kind of really you know bowser kidnaps um princess peach and then you go on the mission as mario to try and get her back same thing with with cortex he schemes some evil plan again and you have to get back of it back at him that's just that's the the back and forth between the two of them i mean it's a bit like batman and the joker isn't it you know, Joker breaks out, Batman puts him back in. Joker breaks out, Batman puts him back in. Uh, not quite as straightforward as that. There's more to it than that. But it's it's the back and the forth of the hero and the villain going on and on and on. But, um, yeah, we're, we're sort of used to those stories, I suppose, at this point. So, uh, I don't know if there's anything else necessarily for the spoiler section. Um, just a, a interesting job with how they implemented the masks and the time stuff and the dimensional sort of stuff and yeah it kind of it does sort of fit in a way for crash because there's always been i mean there's always been the entropy side of the of the story where there's all there's this time stuff going on right and um i mean even at the end of the third game when crash does send well not crash himself but uh cortex and uh is embryo they get sent backwards to when they're they're basically babies um and they still managed to kind of find their way out of that so i i think that that uh it's all makes sense for crash 5 that, that they would come you know find their way back again and, and that sort of thing so uh 
yeah, looking forward to that. Whenever Crash Bandicoot 5 ends up happening, I do think it's going to happen. I think it's going to be uh, interesting as well. And they can potentially again do another very successful um, version of, you know, putting new ideas into uh, into the old ideas as well. Like, like they've done with, uh, with this game, which I think was uh, very, very successful. So, uh, but I think that's pretty much it from me um for today if you have any thoughts feelings questions comments or concerns about crash bandicoot 4 what did you think of the game what did you think of the uh the new ideas with the gameplay and stuff what did you think of the story what do you think activision is going to do in terms of the schedule for spyro and crash um and maybe for tony hawk as well but mainly for spyro and crash um and what do you think of everything that I said? Let me know your feedback, questions, comments, etc. Uh, Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org, Twitter eTalkUK. There's a contact page and information in your show notes. Love this game. 10 out of 10. And uh, very, very happy with the current state of Crash Bandicoot. So that's it from me. That's Crash Bandicoot for It's About Time. Uh, so thank you all very much for listening. You can find everything that we do on entertainmenttalk.org. If you want to support the podcast and entertainment talk, we're on Patreon. You can have a look at the $1 and $3 level tiers for instant ad-free podcast and review options. Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you extra. iTunes feeds. You can rate, review, subscribe to those if you search for entertainment talk on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, and you can subscribe to us on there. If we're not on your favourite podcast platform for some reason, please let us know and we'll look into doing that or getting that sorted out as soon as we can. Uh, you can also find Geek Town on iTunes and podcast services. Uh, if you search for Geek Town, you're up to date, reliable TV and film news, Geek Town Radio episodes on Tuesdays. You can also head over to geektown.co.uk and uh, check out your favourite uh, TV and film news as well run by David. Bex is streaming daily at the moment over on Twitch. You can find her on there. Trista Bytes. Trista. B-Y-T-E-S. You can f- go and follow her. Subscribe to her over there. For lots of cool, fun, interesting stuff. Uh, word of mouth. You can simply tell people that you know about the website and the iTunes feeds. And Geek Town and Trista Bytes and everything else. Uh, what, uh, for social media you can do the same thing. But through Facebook and Twitter and different Facebook groups. And lastly, check out Let's Play Sundays for different Let's Play episodes of different games. Uh, some Crash Bandicoot 4 stuff has gone out, so if you want to see me play Crash Bandicoot 4, you can do that as well. Thanks for listening, and uh, here's to a brighter future with Crash Bandicoot. Thanks for listening, and I will see you next time. Goodbye.